Hello, welcome to Enough Wicker, a podcast where we mix a margarita in a sailor's mouth as we discuss the greatest television show of all time, The Golden Girls. I'm Lauren. And I'm Sarah. And today we're tackling the 161st episode in the series, Dateline Miami. Like I'm the only one that ever mixes margarita in a sailor's mouth. (laughs) (laughs) It's funny that that's kind of like, that line's kind of like a meme now, but like it's just because of the sassy way she's like sitting on the counter and like holding her everything about her pose and the delivery of that line is like so saucy and vivacious it's so great yeah the delivery is is what sells it for sure exactly exactly um oh another fun flashback episode what do you think about this uh you know what it's not my favorite I I, for some reason, I kind of remember loving it, but I think I would confuse titles with um, Motherlode. Like, I think I confused this plot with that title, which obviously, like, yes. Motherlode makes very sense for that episode. Um, yeah, it's just not my favorite. I feel like there's a lot of stuff that's, like, questionable at best. I mean, Fred Willard's wonderful. That bit is funny. Um, but, like, the Arnie Rose thing is not good it like really doesn't hold up um there's just a couple lines that are like oh god it's such like a cheap joke um so yeah it's not my it's not my favorite yeah and it's it's a bummer because it does have the um you know uh flashback right which is great of course which we love and then we actually get to see a flashback stan which i don't think we've ever seen before have we? no and that guy's great it He's is very fantastic. like like and it's hard to hold a candle to lenny green which we've talked about exactly. many times um but yeah I mean, we'll definitely get to that scene because that is the far and away the best part of the episode i think um yes, and that I is agree. great the whole thing is great but it's uh it doesn't save the episode as a whole for me yeah I think I, I agree with everything you just said. And I think that, and I also, I also kind of screw up the titles. <laughs> it's also funny. I think it's mother load and monkey show. It's just like stupid English language with them starting. similarly. <laughs> I feel like Stan, you know, <laughs> spelling things wrong. Um, but uh, this one does get lost in the shuffle. And it is funny because it is yet another like, oh, like we have a, you know, a, like a date is the core sort of, you know, um, central like theme as opposed to money and other things that we've seen before but yeah it really falls flat in a lot of ways and you expect to have I think that you expect a vignette style show where you want to do like little skits to be really punchy and powerful because in my mind you do this sort of like flashback style when you don't really have a fully formed narrative but you have an idea for one you know that could only last about eight minutes in a scene (laughs) and you can't really blow it out to be like an entire episode so I don't yeah, know. Like, and yeah. No, I was just I mean, like missing Dorothy is something that's a that is um, you know, like ha- has to be overcome. And in the in Jim Colucci's book, uh Mark Cherry says that basically the Arthur had to be offset for like a month. And yeah. she had like a medical thing going on. So they had to work around that. Um right. and sense. so that's why she's like, you know, not really in the episode, which not I do there. think like they they also think Colucci's book like trying to overcome the lack of like Spornak sass basically is is tough it's not to say the other three girls can't carry the show like they do but they um you know there's something missing for sure yeah yeah exactly 
Well, what, <laughs> it's tell a me what you think about that. Like there is obviously the practical reason for B. Arthur being missing, but I think the way that it's written, and I don't know if this is me being just like ultra sensitive, like on Dorothy's side in the seventh season of like them sort of being rude to her. Like, you know, it, it starts and sort of ends with, with everyone being really rude to Dorothy. So like, I don't, it, it, I think it the way it's written doesn't make me feel like we're like she doesn't get to own this moment where she has this incredible date like it feels false to me it feels fake and it feels like all of her happiness is very surface level because of course she doesn't even get to tell the story you know like it's not mm. it's not really like everybody's mad at her <laughs> at the end right and it's like they're mad they're they're like they're disbelieving of her in the beginning and they're mad at her at the end. And she doesn't even get to revel in that delight because I think she's only a setup for the punchlines about her even having a date. And that's that's my biggest problem with this episode. I just think it's it's rude to Dorothy. <laughs> like, yeah. Good, but it's just rude to her and she doesn't get to be a full person even in the few scenes or even like... You know, a lot of times, like, there is a character on this show where their absence is just as much of a character as, you know, like, it fits with the storyline and just as much of a character as, like, them actually being here. And here I don't get that. Here I just get the, like, yeah, well, Dorothy's there and she's just somebody to bounce a punchline off of. Yeah, I mean, I see that. I I would slightly say that I think she does kind of come out looking like a winner at the end, even though there's That's like gigs. Um, and in the very beginning when she's singing, I thought of uh, Journey to the Center of Tension, of course. Like I was like, yes. what? A, that's a fun little like, I don't say minutes to be an Easter egg. Yeah, <laughs> I guess what I think that. <laughs> totally, you're right. Um, so yeah, that's I mean, fair. I I'm guess- I'm just being like, an ultra sensitive Dorothy. Stand. Yeah, and I would say uh, initially, at least Rose is a little bit supportive. Well, like you can always kind of count on Rose when she's like hubba hubba zing yeah. zing. I think like she's um, <laughs> such a great. But line. actually, like also in the book, they talk about how this episode in general was just like I think it seems to have been a little bit of a cluster because Betty White was kind of sick, and like you can sort of hear like a soreness in her voice, and Estelle Getty's makeup had to be obviously like should it be made up totally separately for the flashback scene and yeah. um B wasn't there and so I think like you know I don't know it's kind of interesting that that comes through in some form I think in the in the this episode and it's not that it's a, obviously like as we always say like it's not a bad one it's just like no it's not their best work and it's not their best work on any front I don't think I mean the acting's great of course the acting's great but like the writing is a little hollow like the guest stars are good, but like the plot with the guest stars is a little meh. Yeah, it's weird. Um, but yeah, you know, it's it's it is what it is, I guess. Yeah, it's just some of that goofy seventh season writing and style. You know, that's just like a little bit different. So, do you want to uh, do you want to start from the beginning, or do you want to dive right into Arnie? Yet another Arnie. <laughs> no, no, let's start from the beginning because I also want to talk okay. about. Rose's jerk date, <laughs> low bears. <laughs> yes, that's fair. <laughs> yes, that's what she <laughs> um, I do like Dr. Lee Kagan, a medical corporation. Is that supposed to be some sort of joke that like that's a commercial or something for him? I have no idea what that's supposed to mean. Yeah, I assume so. I assume it's also like concierge medicine, which I'm sure would do a killing in Miami as that for those <laughs> yeah. older rich people. So that's what I assumed. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh man. Well, yeah, but I love the um 
you know, the the scene of like where they are volleying, volleying back and forth and like Blanche is obviously a, a guest and Dorothy zings her back about I'm talking about the crossing guard. <laughs> and I, yeah. I totally forgot about this line where she's like, Dorothy, a guy sets up a folding chair in front of my house. I want to know more. <laughs> yeah, I love that. Was that. Really funny. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, all right, but let's talk about Rose's <laughs> shitty day. I also love the idea of writing off like probably one of the fanciest and best restaurants in Miami just because one jack off took you on a date there one time. I understand having like poisoned places, right? There that is a thing where you're just like, I totally. can't go back there. I had a bad date or I had a bad experience, whatever. But it is uh it is funny that she's just like, that's only where the jerks go. Yeah. I mean, it's a very Rose assumption, I feel like. Absolutely. Dirks love that place. Um, yes, exactly. Yeah, I mean, that whole bit is like, at first it gives me a little bit of the, the vibes of when um, Dorothy confronts the doctor in the restaurant. I feel like yes. it's like a very similar setting and also like kind of similar looking guy and server and all of that. I was just the guy does look similar. You're right. Right? <laughs> yeah, I'm glad you you thought that too. Um, and then I don't know. They talk about how the uh, inclusions book. One of the um, the writers, I think, was was had slept with men and women, and so he was like, "I was happy to write that like in there," but yeah. he didn't love Rose kind of being a little like grossed out by it, and like a little like yeah, didn't want to hug the guy, whatever. And he talked about how they wanted to kind of like I think there was a discussion about editing that out. Um, which obviously ultimately they didn't but so I feel like that part kind of really like ruins or like I don't know yeah sort of poisons the scene for me um and then like I don't know there's like the the woman Susan you mean mean like knowing like like, sorry going back like do you mean because you like after you learned that sort of behind the scenes bit from the writer or you mean just initially like no just just initially I don't like it yeah obviously yeah no, it's just like, and I think like, you know, I, not to get too into it, but actually this is a storyline kind of on Insecure. So like, if you like the first, I think it's the first season of Insecure, Molly is dating this guy who she finds out, um, I think right. identifies as bisexual and is like, has hooked up with a man. And it like, basically, ultimately, I think ruins her perception of him. And I yeah. think obviously Insecure does it in a much better, more thoughtful way. But just to say that like this, this, um you know stigma of of men who sleep with both men and women or you know people of all genders like I think it's it's um advanced in some ways obviously but the fact that you could just write the storyline about like a woman being grossed out by that and like have to you know unfold it a little bit more I think says a lot about like the general foundation of that sort of prejudice that we have of course yeah yeah it is it is interesting because also like the waiter he is much like the caterer like he he is a caricature a bit right but it is but like i i didn't even think about the fact that that is the only real like bisexual storyline or like mention on the golden girls you know um and it's it's funny too especially because it's like older older men right i think that that's what's interesting about it too is that like that's not it's not some young character it's like no no they're we're your your contemporaries and this is happening you know 
um that's actually the only time where i kind of like like the jerk dude i was like oh you're a little bit less more like you're less one-dimensional than I yeah thought. you've got some depth for sure <laughs> yeah, for sure bisexual um, jerks for the win <laughs> see everyone's just people they could be jerks too right it's like a jerk in a wheelchair Same yeah um, <laughs> yeah but <laughs> progressive in some ways still jerky <laughs> swing the way the um, wind blows <laughs> i do exactly I do, I do really love that guy's delivery though even though he is made to be a character of just like well 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 pizza yes yeah, so <laughs> they, funny not only do they give him an accent but they give him this like really intense accent which is yeah. really fucking funny it's great yeah yeah that conversation it's, is good <laughs> it's really good it's really good so um Okay, I gotta ask, is his Supreme Court justice line a dig at, like, Anita Hill, Clarence Thomas, or am I reading way too much into this? I think it's gotta be. It's gotta be, right? Because it's, like, yeah. around that time. Yeah, so with this one Ugh, is, um, when did it initially air? So it aired November 91, so yeah, it's probably, let's see when that asshole is confirmed. <laughs> uh... But yeah, I just thought it was, you know, like, you are quite a babe. Like, it's it's just a weird, I don't know, It's it seems, I have not actually looked at Matt Browning's book. I probably should. For this yeah, wow. So one. he was confirmed in October of 91. This yeah. episode aired in November. So that's a, that is a really good catch. And I was like, my reaction was like, I can't believe Rose is going on a date with somebody on the SCOTUS track. But now I see what that, that's, that's great. That's a good line yeah yeah exactly exactly and like talking about getting it in right as it happened my god yeah Jesus. good for them um i really uh also love, like again it's like it is a it is a very jokey scene again this is a vignette episode but like i really love how like it just keeps upping the ante like it's like the <laughs> woman who's pregnant is so insanely like over the top but I do really like the who is that my sister like it's just it's yeah. just so stupid but it's really like it kind of almost passes as a um as for Rose you know like she would totally <laughs> It's and then really she goes funny. on a second day with him which is also really funny <laughs> exactly exactly oh my god who is this glinda the good witch of the north <laughs> that was also a really good one that, that really is funny. that's a sick bird <laughs> yes exactly <laughs> oh, God. anyway um but okay so back to next to margarita and the sailors mm -hmm. <laughs> we go to the kitchen right so like sitting there is really funny i really really love when like she just susses blanche out immediately you're like yeah why totally. did you leave if you're so upset you know she's like, they threw you out again didn't they so fucking funny i love it and then of course and the like, one that always makes me do a spit take the like well you're a freak yeah so funny it's so simple but oh my god um simple but i think also like you're a freak like that that feels like very 90s lingo very. To me, right and it's not um it doesn't feel like the rest of the show in a good way where it feels like they just added some new type of thing like I, I could I would never have thought that that line isolated on a script page would be a golden girls line right but like totally. just, it just sneaks in there perfectly well you're a freak yeah and the choice to deliver it in that way too I think like yes. it's like another example of 
the words on a page are one thing, but like the delivery and like the, the cadence and all of it is just so it's so perfect. Um, I love that they're staying up late. Like when Dorothy's out, like, I think it's so fun when they're like all hanging out. It just, it, it gives me like a nostalgia for roommates, honestly. Like, I think it's like such a fun thing when like, for no reason at all, it's similar to like when there's like a rainy day and in this show and they're like, oh, we should really do something, but we're probably just going to stay in and like eat snacks all day. Like, you know, there's some, there's a really fun, um, it's like a fun way of living. Totally. Sometimes. It really is. (laughs) yeah 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 exactly oh man um but and blanche on the bar and the cherry at the is there again like it's another like flash to journey i think that there's a lot of these like little easter eggs that it happens actually quite a bit i feel like where we'll see and and maybe it's just because we're so sort of engrossed in it but there are a lot of little moments that feel like they kind of foreshadow future scenes exactly i think you're right i think you're right i never even put that together but you're like oh my god yeah there's quite a few little moments here and it's so funny because i feel like it could just be us viewing i I mean this is about every television show right It, it reminds me of like this type of analysis that we're doing of like when people like english teachers in high school would be like oh well you see this line here that's a metaphor for whatever and then like if you talk to the author they're like no I just fucking meant the whatever you know <laughs> like it's not yeah like everything is a loss of innocence that's a it's a good way to cheat yes. on your English essays my friend there you go exactly oh my god so funny but I um I, I think it's interesting because like that lends itself to exactly what we're doing here. What we have been doing with this whole podcast is like proving that like, once you make art, it's up for interpretation for any which way you want. Right. If you find different readings in a text that the author didn't intend, like too bad, it's yours now. You know, yeah, that's, exactly. that's a valid reading, but I think it's really funny thinking about the process of writing a TV show like this and also like having, um, you know, these little moments, like you could actually imagine, obviously it wasn't, an Easter egg per se. That's not really how things were written back then. Um, but like you could see the writers being like, oh, well, Rue was just sitting like really provocatively, like on top of this counter, like, you know, with a cherry and like all that stuff. And they're like, actually, that feels like she should be sitting on top of a piano. Maybe we should do, you know, I mean, like there's there, totally see these like moments of like, even if it's like totally unconscious, like that they're it, it's in their subconscious that they're not like directly drawing lines. You could be like, Rue would be really good in this. <laughs> yeah, I yeah. see that easily, you know, totally. or like even just be singing. You're like, oh, hey, let's do that. You know, you were yeah. in Mame. You can swing it. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. Okay. So, yeah, I mean, like, I think, yeah, the Rusty Anchor bit is so great. And I, I, I think it's like, um, I think you're totally right. Like they see something and they're like, that totally works. Yeah. Um, but like, I don't know. Even though we're piling all of these kind of like good things about this episode, I think the next bit, the Arnie bit, kind of really just ruins it for me. And I love Bob. I love the guy that Blanche is on a date oh, with. Like gosh. that bit that is really funny. Is perfect. I mean, um, he's playing true to type. You know. Yeah. Exactly. Totally. Doofy but sweet man. Oh my god. Yeah. Hundred percent. But like, you know. Okay. So I guess well first of all let's just call attention to the fact that like there are more like white men's names out there than arnie like come on guys like, i know what's that about use this already. <laughs> it's so funny anyway um but what is it about so this part like it doesn't bother me per se i don't like it we're obviously not supposed to like the guy 
um but like so what what is it about this scene that is just like i hate this episode because of it (laughs) not hate but dislike yeah i mean i think it's the whole like uh i mean it's not even that i hate it right like i just i feel like rose is just in it for so much longer than i would like her to be and it's like super coercive and creepy and like i'm sure it also like with the lens of 2023 like holds up even less than it did when it originally aired um and he's just like a dick you know and then like also like the reveal at the end that his wife is at a quote-unquote fat farm you know like yeah Yeah, i know just not none of it's good is i think it's like is it that is is like you're feeling more for rose or is it just like uncomfortable to watch this horrible person like or both i guess i think because for me i was trying to decipher which one both yeah give i give rose more credit than i feel like this rose is later you know latter latter day rose (laughs) (laughs) as opposed to early days where she's a little bit more street smart right like she is telling like the robert thing is funny too because it takes her a little bit longer than you would think and she's doing the exact same thing here um but it's funny because it doesn't really bother me per se only because i think we are supposed to think he's a jerk but there's more i guess more humor wrung out of his coercion than i find comfortable which i think is probably what you're getting at yeah yeah and i think i imagine that it was sort of the intention of the writing to like sort of have it be flip-flop like inside where Blanche is not coercing him obviously but she's she's yeah. pushing a little harder than like he's comfortable with it, but yeah, like it just it's, it's taking advantage of a thing right I think that's exactly really, I think it's very clever I do think it's yeah clever. yeah but it just it doesn't work on the other side and it like starts okay when he's like I don't know it's still not great but when uh, when it gets to the point of like you know what would make me feel even better and he just yeah, keeps yeah. pushing it it's like it feels honestly like I think it kind of um hits on one of the overarching themes of the show maybe unintentionally but that like older women are are full people and also like unfortunately have to deal with all the experiences of being a woman at any age which is like yes you will have you will meet men like this and like guess what it's not going to stop when you get older so like I feel like that's an interesting take um but I don't know like talking about his dead wife and like all it's just like he's such a seedy guy even more so than I feel like most of the other times where it's like there's something redeeming about them I don't know I just it's not I don't I don't like it yeah no I mean pretty pretty much the only you know like I especially because they they take a dig at our beloved home state of New Jersey I know right (laughs) (laughs) just one bottomless pit of muck and despair um it's yeah it's interesting it's like I never I guess I sort of just like passed over that that part because also like the Fred Willard and Blanche inside is way funnier and like it does work better because the the generals are reversed it just does you know and that's not to say that Blanche isn't behaving badly and pushing this man to a point where like he is clearly not comfortable right um, but you can see that magic sort of work on both sides. And it's interesting to get the audience reaction of just being like, the reason it's uncomfortable, much more uncomfortable with Rose is because 
like the way our society is set up is that you know men are in this predatory role more than, often than not because of the power dynamic of patriarchy basically yeah and i think it's um it's interesting because i could easily see people being like well it's it's just equally as bad and you're like yeah it is like objectively but you also are in the soup of you know our our society and it's just really interesting to to measure your reactions as such so. Yeah, and I also think that um, what's his name, Fred Willard, Bob is into it initially. Like he's sort of, he, yes, I think yeah. he gets intimidated by like her box, Blanche being too excited, which like, items. <laughs> yeah, which is also another like the virgin novelty of virginity. Um, also feels very like oh, you yeah. know gender roles reverse. Oh yeah, this brings out the artist in me. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so I just like it's it cracks me up of just like this the the like you know uh what am I trying to say celebration I guess of virginity is just really funny of just like having a partner like I do like how how Rose comes out at the end and ruins it for Blanche of, like, yeah it's funny about the beauty of sex right which is really interesting um and like obviously it's made to like ruin her her game etc but like it's um and I, I do I do like that part the best out of this entire vignette is like Rose's line but I think yeah. um it's, it's like it's it's a powerful like you know line anyway and it kind of speaks to the virginity thing where it's like even if like you've all had sex before and you're still just randos who have met that's like one thing but it's like I just like like Fred Willard is not gonna be a good sex party <laughs> right he's a priest it's hysterical to me anyway yeah no it, it's funny um and then also when blanche again like this also is inclusion book like there's another sort of like borderline homophobic moment like it's funny because like i feel like a lot of the times when one of the girls like kind of approaches like sexually hitting on the other like it's you know it, it it's a played for last for sure but it is yeah. unfortunate that rose is the person in both instances to be like you know like to have to rebuff that and like I, right. I don't know I I think that without the earlier scene it wouldn't there wouldn't even it wouldn't be worth like a second look but I think given that she's already kind of grossed out by somebody earlier and then she's right. like essentially identifying as bisexual even though she didn't know what a lesbian was three years ago that's fine yeah, yeah, yeah. um it uh you know there's like that bit I and like again like I think that that's just being nitpicky but they do talk about it in Colucci's book and it's like it's a lot for one episode it is you're right incidentally and I'm, I'm sure we've talked about this before but probably not at length um someone as oversexed as Blanche like I I refuse to believe that there wouldn't be at least some if you want to even just call it curiosity about like being with a woman you know what I mean yeah like, I just Miss like, MacGyver's so... finishing school I'm sure yes. <laughs> <Are> you... <laughs> real though right like you know you can't always visit the boys across the lake or whatever um <laughs> i just gotta say it's like especially when she's yeah she's just obsessed with being kissed like whatever women have lips too girl <laughs> like give it a shot yeah yeah <laughs> anyway i agree if you feel dirty don't worry you'll get used to it um, <laughs> <laughs> jesus christ but i also think just one more thing on the arnie bit is like rose doesn't really get to be funny 
there you know like blanche gets to be funny and even fred willard gets to be funny there's not a lot of like humor too it just as a baseline of like the two stories playing off of each other like the only humor really there is that you're supposed to be laughing that he's upping the ante at each time that she sort of like you know gives in from a consolation standpoint so that also just like doesn't make it very fun yeah i agree yeah so but anyway all right going to lenny green yeah brooklyn 1948 yeah um yeah i mean this is obviously so great i will say like lenny green's amazing gets the b arthur thing down totally it is difficult for me to believe that that person is 16 years old but i'm gonna let it slide same with young stan i feel like they look like they're like yeah it's very like any high school like buffy you know like all the actors are like 25 <laughs> so it's just, it's a yeah. line <laughs> yeah or like greece when they're 45 <laughs> yeah sunny <laughs> <Yeah. Sonny. laughs> for real for real that is very true that is very true um I do really like Myron. <laughs> um, first of all, especially because it's like the most Jewish name like possible, but also, yeah. um, <laughs> also uh, just like the anticipation of the just like, I'm not going out with your daughter, Mrs. Petrola. Like he knows where this is going. <laughs> He's like, I'm just here to help, you know, like lift things and whatever. Um, but uh, as, as disgusting and disturbing as it is to have, um, you know, someone pay someone to, to take out their daughter and then also talking about kissing or tongue kissing. <laughs> so yeah. Up. Um, it is actually in that uh, with, you know, for inflation, it is 126.60 for Myron to uh, wow. date Dorothy, not including the kiss or the tongue. I don't, I'm not and sure. She that's pre-pregnancy, right? <laughs> yes. This is going to cost yeah. a lot more. <laughs> it's going to cost a lot more. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, but yeah, I do love this. I, I love Stan. It's unfortunate that he only gets like a little bit of time because he's just, he at least just got the look. He's got the perfect look, you know? I And I really, I mean, the best line of the whole thing was just like, honestly, Miss Patrola, I don't know how this happened. Hmm, let's see. Did you both drink out of the same cup? So fucking cutting. And yeah. like, just think about how scary it was to like see your like friend's parents or like a partner's parents like, angry and like angry yeah. at you it's like oh god it's like oh man you don't want mrs patrillo on your pants <laughs> yeah no and i think young stan is like he plays like a yacht like it's such a it's, it's such an interesting line to walk to be i mean like speaking of all the jerks in this episode like it's such an interesting right. line to walk to be like so bumbling that you're somehow lovable but still like kind of a fuck up you know like i don't know i feel like he really like he's still kind of cute yeah he hits the same herb edelman like walk i don't know i i'm really (laughs) impressed by him um and yeah i mean lenny green is just so incredible and i think actually what's nice about this scene one like i always love when they do the flashbacks like the scenery is so good the set decoration is impeccable um but when Sophia Sophia handles it really well I think actually like she you know initially kind of has her little moment of panic of like who who, who could we get you to marry <laughs> it's funny I know oh. um and then like you know I think it's like a really nice actually like a nice moment between 
her and Dorothy when they kind of have this like very like honest frank conversation about the reality of the situation and like it's obviously quite condensed from like what it would actually be used to but it comes out in the same place I guess like you come to the same conclusion it totally does I think that they're I think part of the the sitcom curtailed style because this is one of three vignettes it's like we really have to keep it rolling um hurts it a little for me like I want a little bit more gravity instead of being like well we're solved you know like they spend a lot of time on the hours worth of passion line which is like kind of funny but I don't know it's just like not it's not as powerful as like some of the other flashback humor that we've seen you know um yeah but I love the like even though it's gonna hurt a lot and I do mean a lot yeah (laughs) (laughs) oh god but also like when they you know, like Sophia's retelling the story and then they flash back to the present. She's like, I wonder if it was true. Ah, damn that stroke. Yeah. <laughs> that funny. one's great because like, she doesn't actually talk about her stroke that much. It's usually like mentioned, like somebody else is bringing it up, if at all, right? Yeah. Like that was the whole premise of like why she's here and like why she was a Shady Pines, all that stuff. Yeah, no, it's great. Um, And then of course, like Dorothy comes back and that's sort of the... The conclusion and yeah like I see I do see what you mean about like it's just kind of being like she kind of can't enter the room without a dig um yes yeah exactly she can't even get in like yeah sit down <laughs> yeah but I guess I feel like she's very like truly satisfied with her date and so it seems like she's kind of like already won in some ways yeah I think I think she personally won but it's more of like you would want your friends to be happy for you especially as you know how quote-unquote rare this is you know right. in her life right. and I think it's one of those moments where you know like you you do have to sort of celebrate on your own and it's a bummer that other people could have been more happy for you but I guess not sorry <laughs> you can't control other people's actions right but I just wanted a little bit more for Dorothy. And I think that I am looking at this last season with a very heavy critical eye of how they treat Dorothy the character just because of knowing the reality of B. Arthur saying, this is my last one. Yeah, and, no, and that's true. That's of, really fair. Know, her vulnerability, yeah, of like, so that's why I'm really pulling apart each, you know, like, stop being mean to her, you know? Like, <laughs> I'm being very defensive. Um but yeah, but uh, but yes, she won. I love that. I like that conclusion. Just like two shots. Fuck you guys. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I am shocked, and I want details. Yeah, there's some. There's some of it. I know it's there. It's funny, but it's a good. You know, it's a good like interstitial from the last episode and the next one, which was good. we get a lot more heft from. Uh, yeah, you know, <laughs> from the storyline. So you could call it anyway. that. <laughs> Yeah, you could call it that for sure. So anyway, um, do you have anything else for this one? No. All right. Well, join us next time when we discuss Ida Pearlberg's weather predicting aptitude and a (laughs) fuzzy little (laughs) M-O-N-E-Y. Take care, everyone.